Hello, 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 everybody. How are you today? So I am really excited today because today I have a wonderful woman. Her name is Hilary uh, Boucher, and she doesn't see me live, but she will in one second. She's just, I think, logging in, and I'm bringing her in. Um, I just want to talk a little bit about her, just a brief description, um, but most of it's going to happen in the collab uh, because I don't know a ton about this lady, and that's why I'm bringing her on because I want to, I want to figure her out. I want to pick her brain. Um, she's really inspiring. So uh, some of the things that she's written and that I have put together is she is a firm believer that our health and self-empowerment, our health, and our self-empowerment go hand in hand. She helps people transform out of chronic pain through structural bodywork and movement therapy. She really seems to do a lot really well. She also, I, um, I, I read a little bit about the fact that she does teaches meditation uh, courses and maybe some other courses, I'm not sure, maybe fascial courses. Um, she is located in the heart of Toronto's East End, which is my town, so hello Toronto. I might be going to her, I, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. So let's welcome Hilary Boucher. I hope I said her last name right. If not, she will correct me when she comes on. You hear Hi. me? Hi, you can hear me. Okay, let me, just, let me just turn it up. My battery's a can bit low. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. I hear you great. I have locked my children out. I've got my basement all like tapered off. <laughs> I'm like, don't bug me for 45 minutes at least. And... Um, yeah, I just have my phone charger and my phone was on low. I should have probably taken care of that. But of course, uh, I don't think of everything. So who does, right? Exactly. Um, so it's lovely to meet you. Oh, we're already getting hearts. Yay. So lovely to meet you finally on this platform. We've spoken briefly, but I wanted to keep it pretty spontaneous. And yeah, um, yeah just talk. And um, I introduced you already. I said a couple things about who you are. Um, the one thing that I love about what you wrote is your firm believer that our health and self-empowerment go hand in hand, which I just think yeah. is so like I, up my alley. I mean, I just, I, I'm a firm believer in this health is wealth and, you know, we can have all the money in the world and all the things and all the pretty purses and the bags and the shoes and the makeup and the Botox and the yada, 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 yada. But at the end of the day, if we don't have our health, we don't got much, Right. So maybe just start off there and just tell me a little bit about that, like the whole thing about health and self-empowerment and how you came to, to that. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I think for me, getting to where I am uh, in my career has been sort of parallel in terms of where I've gone in my life. And so this whole sort of, um, you know, health and self-empowerment has really sort of been part of my own personal journey. So I, I, I never saw myself as a body worker in full transparency. It was not something I ever considered I would, I would do. It, you know, in, in fact, I, I really had my life planned when I was about five. Like, and it Did was, you? oh yeah, yeah, and um, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, what was know, it? What was the plan that that went different? Yeah. Was it a, well, so I, I, I began dancing when I was about four years old and, um, that's what I wanted to do. You know, I went to the Nutcracker when I was four and I saw Karen Kane as the sugar plum fairy. And I thought that's what I'm going to do. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm just that personality that when I'm, when I want to do something, you know, it's, 
it's, it's, it's already done in my mind. So, um, you know, I, I sort of kind of looked at her life really. And, you know, her, in her life, she sort of trained professionally when she was about 11, um, and sort of moved into her career from there. And so I thought, okay, that's what I'm going to do. And so when I was about 12, I, I moved away from home and I trained professionally in classical ballet and, um, you know, in my mind, I always saw myself at this age, maybe somewhere in Europe on a tour bus, married to another artist, you know, raising kids on a bus or something. Uh, and, you know, my my life took a very different turn. And, you know, really, that came from my own my own challenges with my physical body. You know, I, I was um, very ill as a child. I spent a lot of time in hospital as a child. Um, and that sort of resurfaced for me in my teen years, um, when I was really sort of kind of training at my hardest, you know, at that time I was sort of dancing six hours a day, six days a week. And, um, you know, by the time I was 16, I had my own apartment and I was sort of doing a lot of things at a really young age and was sort of under, I think a lot of stress that I didn't really realize, um, you know, when you're a kid, you're sort of invincible, right? So I was sort of, the irony here, though, is that I was so I was in my body, I spent so much time in my body, and yet I was so not connected to my body. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, yeah. I totally know that feeling. I mean, we actually are very more similar than I even thought we were, um, which is crazy. I mean, I I don't know if you know, but I was an actress. I don't know if I told you that when I was younger. Yeah. So like, from the time I was 15, I had an agent. And I was, it was all, but it was all external. I mean, I was at that age, you're so, um, you're so, they're like a sponge and you just, you're just in please mode and you just want to, it's all external. You're not really connected to your body yet. You're not connected to your empowerment. And I was an actress for years. I had an agent from the time I was 15, 16 until I was about 30 when I just dropped it all. But um, yeah, it was years. I went to theater school. I was like, from the time I was that age, I, I was like, I'd go, I'd watch the Oscars and I'm like, that's me. Like, I'm going to be on that red carpet. I'm going to be up on that stage getting that Oscar. I'm that actress. Like it was, I was, I was absolutely passionate about, and it wasn't just about being famous. It wasn't just, it wasn't, I would watch the movies these actresses were in and I would just be like, like gushing from the inside out. I just wanted to do that. I wanted to have that effect on people. And so I trained and I did all the training and I, and, and, and again, it was, I was so stressed out. I, I am a perfectionist by nature. So again, it was, it was just so much pressure and I was so beaten down by teachers and coaches and agents and theater school and the industry, the business, um, that by the time I was 30, I just had a complete nervous breakdown. And that's what took me on that different, that's how I ended up going down the health and wellness lane and how I ended up becoming a body worker was Mm -hmm. because of, I had to unravel within myself so many years of abuse and neglect and self-sabotage and trauma that I experienced through those years. Mm-hmm. So becoming a body worker was never, I mean, my, uh, I laugh about it because when my, both my parents, you know, when I first told them I'm going to do massage, the, my dad was like, you don't, what are you talking about? You're going to give massages. You're the one that gets massages. Like, yeah. are you kidding me? And my mom too. She was like, uh, what's going on here? Is our daughter like, okay, does she need a therapist? You know, I was like, whoa. Um, but for me, it was a no brainer. I just had no other choice. I had to heal and I had to learn how to 
get in touch with that part that was on the inside because it had been so neglected. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, like just on that note, totally resonate. So continue yeah. on. So you were training for ballet, you were going hardcore with that. And yeah, then... yeah. And then, you know, um, from the time that I was about 15 until I was 21, I um, was back in hospital again. So I was really um, struggling with my health. And so you, you don't have to talk about that. Obviously, if that's personal, you don't want to share it. But I'd be more than happy to hear about that part of it. If you want to share what was Yeah, yeah. Well, um, okay. So yeah, no, my um, basically what happened to me was my bowel, my small bowel um, ruptured when I was in utero. So when I was uh, a baby in I hadn't been born yet. Yeah. Um, and so it was just sort of, I think, by my mother's intuition that something wasn't right. Mm-hmm. And um, she she went to her doctor and, and they sort of rushed her to um, women's college here in Toronto. And yeah, um, yeah they, they basically they gave me a 10 percent chance to live through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I think, you know, that was uh, obviously that was sort of a life-changing experience for my, for my life coming into the world, you know, my first experience of life really. Um, trauma already happening in utero. Like you're already Mm -hmm. experienced trauma before you even come into the world. Yeah. Yeah. Physical trauma. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah. So, um, you know, I, spoiler alert, I, lived through that. Yes. <laughs> Spoiler. And <Yeah>. here. <laughs> and um, you know, so I, I I you know, I never saw myself as an ill person or somebody that wasn't well. You know, it's it's so interesting how, you know, paradigms can shift like that and how we view ourselves. Because as a child I I was very active. I, I loved moving my body. Um, you know, my, my mother put me into ballet um well like I said when I was about four and I just really took to it. And, um, you know, I think, I think there was a part of sort of healing my body in that process too, being in it, um, Mm -hmm. and being comfortable in it. And, um, you know, I, and so, you know, here I was, I sort of kind of figured out my human experience and I was on my trajectory of, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do this, you know, uh, full time. I'm going to make a living out of this because I like it. Mm -hmm. And, um, And then my body started talking to me again. And, you know, I was in and out of hospital from about 15 to 21. And um, it was just, it was, it was an interesting part of my life because, you know, I was sort of, I think I have hindsight to it now. I'm sort of Mm -hmm. looking at it um, much older and realizing that that was sort of the catalyst point in my life changing. But unbeknownst to me at the time, I, 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 you know, this was just, oh, this was just a... Uh, an inconvenience. <laughs> this is just an inconvenience. I'm going to get through That's how you goal. felt when you were that age. You felt like, totally. oh, this is getting in the way yeah. of my passion and my dream. This is getting in the way, and this is this is bad. Absolutely. I don't want this to happen. Yeah. But I in hindsight, yeah, of course. Yeah. I, I, I didn't see myself yeah. as unwell. So it was just sort of like, this is in the way. Like, we got to just, yeah. okay, like, let's get through this, and, we're, and we'll move on, you know? Um, and yeah. so it just sort of kind of kept, it was a pattern, and it just kind of kept coming back. And... Uh, mm-hmm. You know, finally, um, you know, I had to have, I had to sort of make a decision when I was about 21 to have another surgery. I had a major abdominal surgery at birth, um, mm-hmm. and I had a third of my small bowel removed at birth. Yeah. And um, 
you know, it, it, it's not a surgery that you sort of necessarily take lightly, especially if you're training as an athlete. Um, and yeah. And so, yeah, you know, I, um, yeah, so I had to sort of, you know, I think at that point I was kind of faced with this position of what's really more important here. You know, mm -hmm. am I going to kill myself trying yeah. to do something? You know, and I think that was sort of the beginning of me contemplating yeah. that. Yes. Um, and so I, I, I made the decision to to have another surgery at 21. And, you know, it was it was uh, intentionally the original intention was to have a laparoscopic surgery. So laparoscopic, for those that aren't aware of that term, it's it's um, it's kind of as non-invasive as you can get with having internal yeah. surgery because right. it's um, don't, very don't minimal scarring. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. They don't open you all the way up. Yeah. Um, and so that was sort of what I signed up for, you know, and, and for me, you know, being such a structured person, I had sort of mentally prepared myself for that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, this type of surgery, sort of the healing, you know, afterwards was sort of, you know, kind of like standard abdominal surgery, you know, six weeks, no heavy lifting, right. um, integrate yourself back into your whatever you're doing. Um, and so I thought, you know, I can, I can, I can get on board with that. You know, I, yeah. I can sort of, um, prepare myself for that, that mentally. And, and totally. that can be like, I can handle that. My brain yeah. can handle this. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, so I, 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 after that, you know, I sort of actually, I woke up out of surgery and found out that, you know, it wasn't actually laparoscopic and for, you know, their own reasons, they needed to actually open me up in, you know, oh. internally. Um, and, you know, I kind of, you know, in a nutshell, I had sort of my organs rearranged basically. Um, and I woke up from that, um, totally sort of discombobulated and uh, the healing process was very again very all of this was sort of like you know part of me was like I didn't sign up for this like what yeah. don't like <laughs> what's happening yeah. here like we're clearly yeah. going in a different direction yeah um, and so it was a very difficult healing process after that um, and you know I I sort of you know, kind of kept trying to, to, to dance. And every time I would kind of revisit it, I would have health issues come up again. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it was kind of like my human and my higher self will say, um, you know, was, was, they were really sort of butting heads and, yeah. you know, so it's funny, the answer. I that's such a beautiful way to, that's such a beautiful way to describe it is like the human the, the, the physical embodied human wanted to do this dance, right? And then, but then the higher self, the higher consciousness wanted something else for you. And then they were just at war. Like they were in that butting heads, like we got to figure this out because this isn't working anymore. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And so, you know, I think um, for me, I, I sort of went through a period of, again, you know, I think now that I'm sort of out of that part of my life, I see it for what it is. And when I was in it, I didn't realize that I, I was, I was in a bit of a depression for a while after that, you know, I didn't really know, uh, you know, I had sort of sacrificed a lot at a very young age um, to, to, and I had a plan and, and, you know, the plan was sort of changing and it was sort of like, well, what, what, what do I do now? Like, what is, what, what's driving me? Um, and, you know, it's so funny, but I actually, I had a really intense dream and I'm not a dreamer, mm. but I had a really intense dream that I was 
on a journey to find my soul. <laughs> and um, yeah, you, you can't make this up. And um, it was so vivid. And this this happened, you know, over 10 years ago. And I remember it like it was yesterday. It was one of those dreams that and I and I know enough about myself at this point that I don't really remember my dreams. So when I yeah, do, I don't I, I, I think I remember maybe one or two over the long run. I have ones that stay with me for a bit and then they go away. But I really, did you write it down? Did you write this dream down? Or is it just, was it that vivid that it stayed with you this whole I time? I actually thought about writing it down. And then mm-hmm. I realized I don't need to, because I'll never mm-hmm. forget this dream. And, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, I don't dream often, but when I do, they're very purposeful. And yeah. um, really, I think it's, you know, I, I, I think this is sort of how I'm talked to a little bit, because <laughs> I'm, I'm quite yeah. a stubborn person, as much as yeah. I probably wouldn't want to admit. I'm a pretty yeah. stubborn person. Yeah. Um, and so I think, you know, sometimes sometimes that means, you know, you, you really need a bit of an, you know, a universal nudge. slap across yeah. the face to sort yeah. of... <laughs> the angels, the, the higher guides, the spirits, the whatever way you want to call it, universal energy came down and said, we got to come into her. And, and so she never forgets. Yeah, it was subconscious. Yeah, it was very profound. It was very yeah. profound. So, so and you so, know, what did I, the dream basically tell you? What did it say? Well, it was it was interesting. You know, I've I've um I've never taken psychedelics, but I remember thinking <laughs> I remember analyzing my own dream while I was having it and thinking, if I was taking psychedelics, I feel like this is probably something that would happen. Right. Um, and so in the dream, you know, I I I met with my higher self, and mm. my higher self said to me that, and I don't know how I knew it was hi- my higher self, you know, it was sort of a, a, a light being really, yes. but I knew that it was me. So yes. it was, it was so bizarre. And, yeah. um, and it's one of those experiences that you have that when you sort of say it out loud, it's kind of like, this is on so crazy. No, but you know what? It, it's something it that is sense. so true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so anyhow, you know, my, my higher self said to me that, uh, you know, you're exactly where you need to be right now. And I woke up and I remember waking up and realizing I had been dreaming and sort of going, oh my gosh, because it was such a beautiful dream. I actually wanted to go back to sleep. I wanted to go yeah. back to where I was. It was so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And I woke up and that day there was such a shift in me and I, I just can't explain it, but I, I, for the first time in months had the motivation to go exercise and eat well and take care of my body again. Um, And it was sort of a new motivation to start, you know, it was like my human was waving its white flag saying, okay, I surrender. Let's, let's have a relationship. Let's let's, like, what do you have to say? So I, I went, um, I got a gym membership that day and (laughs) I went to the gym and I started exercising. And at that time, I, um, I, I remember being in the gym and I remember looking around exercising and looking at the trainers there, training their mm-hmm. clients and going, I can do this. I know how to teach people how to move their bodies. I'm, I, and I could make some money and I could still dance. I could still audition. <laughs> so at that time, it still didn't occur to me that, you know, maybe that wasn't going to be my trajectory but yeah um it was something that i think i really had to i had to process over time so i got into the gym i got certified to be i went home that day and i said to yeah. my boyfriend at the time i'm gonna get certified to be a personal trainer and 
I, he's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. <laughs> Whatever um, makes you happy. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. I started, um, I started as a personal trainer and I started working on a team with people. Um, we had a really great team and I was sort of getting a lot of overflow of clients because I was new and a lot of the people on the team, because they were really great, they were full. And so right. I was getting this overflow of clients and a lot of them, um, had pretty significant health issues. Like I think one of my first clients was legally blind. Um, wow. one of my other first clients had, um, an organ transplant. Um, wow. and so it really sort of, again, shifted my thoughts and the structure I had around what this job would look like. And right. it, it wasn't really just, you know, squats and lunges and whatever it was, you know, how, how can I get this person to, to kind of walk? Okay. <laughs> you know, yeah, like yeah, basic, yeah. basic things. Like basic, let's get back to basics. Like how do I get this person to just be able to have like alignment that's healthy and structure that's healthy and yes. Yeah. And, that and so I, you know, I was a little bit scared that, you know, I didn't want to do anything that would essentially uh, you know, um, compromise their physicality. So I sort of dove into books on what to do and, and courses and, you know, mm -hmm. how do I, um, how can I help these people that that was in a more functional way for their body? Mm -hmm. Um, and along that process, I, I, uh, I, I worked with my own personal trainer. I think, mm -hmm. I think everybody, um, every therapist needs a therapist. Every trainer needs yeah. a trainer. We all need um, mentors. Absolutely. We all need our people. We all need our group. Yeah, totally. And so I was very lucky to befriend my trainer. And we, we sort of kind of went on a path of learning a lot together. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, she introduced me to fascial stretch therapy, where I met Anne and Chris Frederick, who founded fascial stretch therapy, um, where I actually met my now husband in that, in that oh, That's so cool. Is that how the whole fascial journey started? Yeah. Yeah, really. Yeah. It was. Um, and then, you know, I was doing fascial stretch therapy for a while and I just kind of wanted to get more and more hands-on. And then, yeah. uh, in 2013, I met Tom Myers. He came to Toronto for a few days to teach a workshop and I took his workshop and that workshop really changed my life in a really dramatic way. And yeah. I, I've heard of him. I, I, I've heard of Myers. I have heard mm -hmm. great things about him. Is that, the, is that the one that does anatomy trains? Is that anatomy trains? And yeah. He, he wrote the book anatomy trains. He yes. wrote the book. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's right. So, yeah, I wonder who he got inspired by because I learned fascial anatomy. I learned the fascial stuff through, well, it's a long story, but my car accident, I went to somebody in Florida, Gainesville, Florida. It was um, called Clear Passages because I wasn't getting my periods and I was having digestive issues. I couldn't go to the bathroom. And so I went to a guy named Larry Wern, who also, he specifically helped a lot of women who couldn't get pregnant um, or having oh. fertility issues and helping release the fascial adhesions in their ovaries. Um, and I was like, where did you learn this? I want to learn this. I love it. And it was, it was, it reignited my passion for something, uh, besides acting. And then he said he learned a lot of his stuff originally from John Barnes. I don't know if you've heard of John Barnes. I have heard of John Barnes. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know where, yeah. And so there's a couple different teachers that are the, the masters, the gurus of the fascial world, but I know Myers is, Myers is definitely one of them. Yeah. Yeah. He was actually, so, um, he was trained by a woman um, named Dr. Ida Rolf. Like oh, so, oh Myers was trained by Rolf. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, she yes. was she was a pioneer in fascia. She, oh yeah. Fascia. No, she was the um, the first. 
one of the totally first. yeah so yeah. he was he was trained by her so he was actually known as a rolfer because he was right in integration um and the people that were trained by her were rolfers and so he worked as a rolfer for a number of years um and then he he too sort of evolved in his uh research and passion for fascia and he works a lot with robert Schleip. He is a German scientist. Um, mm -hmm. I think he's a scientist. I think that's what he does. He's, he's in sciences. Um, I think that's yeah. his term. He, he worked with uh, Robert Schleip and Tom did a lot of research together in the world of fascia. And uh -huh. they, um, I think Robert Schleip was one of the people, if I'm not mistaken, that founded the first, one of the first fascial research congresses in 2007. Um, so that was in 2007. So that says a lot yeah. about the research we have about fascia. It's so new. It's it so is new. new. It is we're new. We're learning I know. so much still, you know, so I know. interesting to we're see We're still learning. And, and, you, and then I'm, you know, and as, I, as, as time goes on and I start reading more about fascia and what it, what, now, of course, the emotion behind it and how, you know, we hold emotions in our tissue, in our fascia. And that gets all wrapped into the physicality of it when it's out. It's not just the physicality that's the problem. It's the emotions that are trapped in there, especially if you've endured something like trauma, like you have and I have. Whoa, it's like when they unravel this stuff in you, it isn't just a physical unwinding or a physical, um, I call it like a detangling of the sweater. It's, it's, it's so much more than that. It's so much more. It's spiritual. It's, it's emotional. It's mental. It's everything. That's, that's why when I- putting it. Yeah, because that and, and it's not to be like woo woo and out there because I know a lot of people are like, oh, okay, whatever. But no, it's true. I mean, when I work with people and I'm doing a release, for example, um, I can feel, I can feel the electricity. I can feel this person take this big exhale and this relief. And it isn't just because the pain is gone or the pain's disappearing or they're feeling this nice stretch. It's because they're finally getting in touch with a part of their body that has been numb or hurting or calling out for love or attention, whatever you want to call it. So, totally. you know, that's why I, you know, I integrate Reiki or I integrate cranial sacral. Cranial sacral therapy is actually very similar to, um, it's a different, I guess you could call it, it's a different part of the pie. Like it's, if you looked at fascia as like a pizza or whatever, there's like different ways to skin a cat. And so mm -hmm. I, I would say cranial sacral is like, like this the really soft petting version of skinning the cat it's like we're dead we're being really delicate with the cranial sacral nervous system kind of stuff yeah, yeah. um whereas like i'd say rolfing or um the kind of techniques i learned with barns it's kind of more of an i wouldn't say aggressive but more physical it's more of like mm -hmm. a, a real physical we're working with the fascia we're getting in there um whereas cranial sacral is more the nervous system i would say but again you're working with the fascia it's just very very delicate but yeah, I, don't know. I, mean, I, yeah. I would say that, you know, one of the things that I sort of explain to my clients when they come in and they have body pain um, or just any structural dysfunction, really, um, you know, the nervous system, the vascular system and the fascial system of the body, you can't separate them. You no, can't dissect them from one another. No. So to your point about, you know, there's multiple ways to approach um, structural dysfunction in our tissue by approaching it with the nervous system or approaching mm -hmm. it through um, neurovascular work or mm -hmm. approaching it through fascial work specifically. Yes. Um, yeah. So yeah, totally, totally. There's so many different ways like Burrell's work. I think you mentioned you were going to do a take a Burrell course. That's I just finished it two weeks ago. How was it? Oh, it was amazing. I signed yeah. up for VM2. <laughs> yeah, I did VM1. I, I didn't sign up for VM2. I'm doing cranial sacral too. I've been waiting forever because of COVID. I just couldn't get into the cranial 
it's been delayed yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah no all of it all of it is so it's so interesting and it's so awesome and it's it's like a whole other you know you could get your it's you can go down a rabbit hole with all these different beautiful modalities and it's, and um, it's and fun it's, because you know you just you the the you know it's it's sort of the frustrating and beautiful thing about being a body worker is you're never going to know everything there is to know about a body no you're and you can drive you crazy yeah but you're yeah. like i need i but i need to know that you do have to at some point kind of just kind of narrow in and a little bit get really just good at what you, a couple of things that you're that you know you are passionate about not to say you don't keep learning and want to keep taking courses but it's about you know you keep taking the courses and then you at the same time own what you know or like start to integrate what you know well and it yeah. is a never-ending thing and it isn't an, and and on that note it's it's kind of un, it's unfortunate that you know especially in, i don't know what it, in the states i think it's a little more like they're more out there with learning all these different crazy awesome modalities whereas in canada because maybe just because of ohip and insurance and stuff i find people get locked into the all right, I'll go do my physio, I'll go do my Cairo, I'll get a massage. And it's very kind of, it can be a little McDonald's-y. And I'm not crapping on physiotherapy or chiropractic or massage therapy. I am a massage therapist, for God's sake. Um, I just find sometimes it's, um, that's sort of why I feel another strong passion about educating people and just bringing this awareness, this mind-body awareness and embodiment practices and modalities and meditation into my, the fold of what I do because... It's just not, it's not out there enough. And it's just, it can get so glazed over and watered down. Mm -hmm. Don't you find, mm -hmm. especially in, yeah. Yeah. I so. mean, I, 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 so I, ironically, I mean, maybe it's ironic, but um, maybe it's not, but I, I work with a lot of doctors actually as clients. Oh, and, um, okay. you know, one of them said to me, um, she's a GP and she said, you know, I have uh, lots of clients that come to me with body pain. And yeah. she said, really? As a doctor, you know, I haven't looked at an anatomy book since medical school. Um, mm -hmm. And and, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure, you know, obviously there's multiple different branches of medicine. And I'm sure that, you know, specialists, obviously we, they get into specializing in an area because the body is so complex. You can't specialize yeah. in everything. So, no, um, yeah, so GPs are, you know, they're their position really their training and their scope of practice really centers around diagnosis and mm -hmm. uh prescription um mm -hmm. and and that is their they have that ability you know if you want a requisition yeah. for blood work in canada or ontario you know you need to go to your um gp or you need to get it from a doctor if you don't want to pay for it yeah. um and so you know that is their that's their position in our healthcare, yeah. and we all yeah. have a place and exactly. they said to me that you know really when someone comes to me with body pain i have the option of sending them to go get an x-ray mm -hmm. um mris i really don't want to do because i need a real reason for that mm -hmm. um or i can set, tell them i can give them six weeks of physio i can tell them to go see their chiropractor or go get a massage um and that's because those are like you said, those modalities that are sort of recognized under the umbrella um, of alternative care. Um, right. But, you know, in Europe, for example, you know, yeah. you can see your naturopath, your herbalist, your, your, you know, GP all in the same yeah. office because, uh, you know, they have more integrative medicine there. That's what I like. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I love about Europe and about some other places in the world. I'm not saying Canada's terrible. We have a beautiful country and it's safe. And hell, yeah. I, I, I'm not going to crap on Canada. It's just, I would love to see more of that in Canada that's all it's just this For integration sure. and more awareness around you know people working the different systems working together as one would be would be nice that's all
Absolutely. Um, I mean, that's actually what I heard about from my clients mostly when I started practicing was, yeah. you know, I didn't know this work existed. And yeah, um, where were I you didn't... 10 years ago? Yeah, when I needed you. No, I didn't know. I mean, if I hadn't looked on Google and I hadn't just put in um, whatever I put in at the time, I don't even remember, and then ended up going to Florida and learning all about this stuff, I wouldn't have known either. I mean, I had no idea right. that the fascial release, myofascial release work and that you could do that and not have a surgery. I mean, I was... I was ready for them to cut me open and go, what is going on in there? Because something is not working right. And it was like, mm-hmm. once I learned that you could actually do, to man- and you could manipulate the tissue in such a way to unravel an adhesion or scar tissue and, and your body can function better without a surgery that creates more scar tissue, that creates the, cycl- the cyclical problem. I, my mind was blown wide open. I was just like, oh my God, I got to learn this, you know? Totally. I mean, the bottom line is you have options. Exactly. You know? And that's, and choice is power. And that just brings it back to our health. You know, when we're in touch with our health, we're in touch with our empowerment. We do have choices. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Um, What else did I want to ask you? Oh, well, I have this quote here. I didn't even bring this up before, but we sort of touched on it. So maybe we don't even need to talk about it, but I'll just read it out loud because you posted it and I loved it. So it said, you said, and it's not your quote, it's from Dr. Thelma Bryant. So it's many trauma survivors hold their breath and their bodies tightly bracing themselves for whatever is coming next. Staying alert for years takes a toll. Create spaces where you can take your armor off. So I just love that because I just feel like so many people are walking around, holding it all together with their shoulders up high. I mean, forget if they've had a trauma or not. Not everybody's gone through stuff that we've, like, that we've gone through. Just regular every day, going to work, paying the bills, taking care of their families, doing regular activities of daily living and being stressed all the time about money or whatever it is or COVID or, you know, whatever's going on in the world, walking around, like holding it all together. And then of course, years and years of conditioning of how they have to be as a man or a woman or not sure or whatever you want to call it. And they don't, they're just, their armor never comes off. Like they're just, they're always in protective defensive mode. They don't know how to take a deep breath. They're stuck up. They're almost living like heads without bodies. And so when I saw that, I'm like, this I really connect to because I had just written a post sort of about that kind of thing. Um, great minds think you, alike. <laughs> great minds think alike, yeah. I mean, it wasn't my quote, but I- No, I, I know, I know. It's just, it. what would you say? I mean, for example, after you went through that point in your life where you knew you had to go in a different direction, did you feel like in your body, did you almost feel like what were some of the things you felt emotionally that kind of, allowed you to start taking off those layers and you you just finally kind of accepted where you were and that your path was going in a different direction than you had planned and that's the other aspect of our minds like to plan five years ahead and our, our minds like to be in control a lot and sometimes the body teaches us well always usually the body teaches us we can't always be in control we can't always plan five years ahead hell we can't even sometimes plan a week ahead because something, a curveball is going to come and take us in a totally different direction. So it's about presence. It's about being in our body moment to moment and living in a world where we do have to be alert and aware and protect ourselves. But at the same time, yeah, but just that, uh, that awareness of, you know, can we live in the world where we, we have alertness, we're aware, we protect ourselves, but at the same time, we allow a bit of softness in. We don't have to live like this all the time and, and protect and defend and armor and fake. Yeah. You know, I think from 
an evolutionary perspective. I think, you know, we're really the only mammals that sort of walk around with all of our sensitive bits exposed to the world. You know, every yeah, other animal true. sort of protects that mm-hmm. part of themselves um, intuitively. And um, and so I think, I think it is natural to sort of, the, the natural stress response is to close. Um, and I, and I think, you know, um, you know, that there's, there's, I'm sure there's reasons for that, that we won't get into, but, um, you know, I, I, the way I sort of, when I, when I posted that quote, I actually thought a lot about my program mm-hmm. when I was in Maine and we were, um, we, we were practicing body reading and that's sort of what we call assessment. Um, mm-hmm. I prefer body reading because I don't know. I've never even heard the term. What is it? Just tell so me. So body reading is just yeah. an, a tool of assessment. So it's okay. actually just visually looking at the body. Okay. And um, with structural integration, we look at the body as one whole system, and we're looking mm-hmm. at the body's relationship in gravity. So mm-hmm. the body being treated um, upright versus the body being treated supine, which is on our back or um, prone face down, you know, uh, that has different input than when we're upright. And being upright says a lot about our body's relationship to meeting its full potential. You know, where we, our whole evolutionary process is to become more upright. So in structural integration, we look at, you know, where is this body sort of working with gravity or where is it fighting gravity to stay up? And um, so body reading um, is something that we did a lot of in my program. And we looked at a lot of slides of bodies. And part of this exercise that we did, I think, was really to just develop our sense of um, trust in ourselves as a practitioner, trusting in our intuition. And, mm-hmm. you know, we were sort of, without getting too mad scientisty into the body of, oh, it's, you know, it's it's the IT band or it's the, right. the obturator internus, it's that one. Yeah. It's, Let's do a bunch of orthopedic tests, even though that really doesn't tell us anything else, except for the fact that we need to work all the areas we were going to work anyway. <laughs> yeah, so it's yeah, really just about looking sort of at a global perspective of what does this, what is this body saying right now? What and is it so saying? Yeah. we looked at all these slides of people and, you know, their profile facing their back. And mm. we were told sort of, okay, like we had a very short time to look at them. And it was sort of like, just shout out a descriptive word. Right. Like, what do you, what do you think of when you see this? Right. Um, and so, you know, as students, we're like, you know, we're looking at the slides. And what was interesting after a few of them is that we, we all were sort of saying the same things. So mm. we were looking at a body going, uh, angry, uh, mm. defensive, uh, yeah. uh, tense, uh, guarded, yeah. uh, you know, and then I remember looking at a few very specific ones and there was, there was a woman that we all sort of said kind of that about that, you know, there was a lot of kind of this tension. There was a holding of tension. Mm-hmm. Um, we looked at, a, another woman that we were all sort of describing her as like light and long mm. and airy and mm. open. And Ooh, I want to be that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and we looked at a, a, another man and we sort of were kind of, uh, you know, angry, um, frustrated, uh, mm-hmm. mad. Yeah. Uh, and so after we got, we were told a little bit about those people. So what did they do for a living? How did they train their body? Um, mm-hmm. What happened to them in their life? Um, mm-hmm. And these were just actual um, kind of case studies of different people. And one of the one that we said she looked very tense, she was mm-hmm. a boxer. Oh, interesting. So she trained herself literally to be on guard. That was how right. she trained her body consciously. Right. Um, the one that we that she looked really light and airy. She was a ballerina. 
Ah. Right? And, and yeah. then the, they literally the other... trained themselves to embody. They literally embodied what they were. Yeah, right? they're trained to look yes. like. Um, yeah. And the the man that we all said sort of looked angry or frustrated or mad, um, he had, um, before those married? photos were taken. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> he was married. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. No comment. I just got married. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Just kidding. Congratulations, by the way. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, when we looked at him, you know, he, he, we were told that before those photos were taken, he had actually been incarcerated. Um, and so you, you can really sort of, it, it was for me, I can't speak for the other students, but for me, it was very eye opening. of, I'm looking at a story. Mm -hmm. I'm not looking at mm -hmm. just uh, an object. I'm not looking mm -hmm. at a muscle. I'm looking mm -hmm. at a person that has a story yes. here. Yes. Um, and so when I work with my clients and we do body reading, one of the first things I, I don't ever tell them first what I think or what I see because it's right, not because if you do that you almost now they've they've into they've taken that inside themselves and absorbed it in a certain way that you don't maybe necessarily want them to you want to be right yeah I, yeah I, I, totally I, and and then also in the saying. spirit of empowering them you Absolutely. know I trust that they know more about their body than I do than I do. And yeah. um, I'm just getting to know them, in fact. So mm -hmm. before I tell them any of my thoughts, I ask mm -hmm. them, you know, this this is this is this is this is teamwork. You know, the the, the treatment that I I try to sort of provide my intent on treatment and how I provide it is that it is a team. We are coming together to work together for Absolutely. the hour or the 75 minutes. Um, I'm not here to fix you, I'm not here to do anything for you, I'm here to work with you, and okay. I will meet you where you are at. And so I explained to my clients that, you know, the, the, the type of treatment I do with them is not passive in any way. Um, you know, so the first thing I, I ask of them is what are, what do you notice in your body? Um, and it could be a word, it could be, and I, I really don't give them any other, anything else other than that. What do you notice in your body? And, you know, um, the process of sort of interpreting that, taking that in, some people have never even been asked that before. And it, it's sometimes a little bit, jarring of a of a question well I, yeah I, I don't know you know, know. um and and so this is the beginning of their process of developing mm -hmm. a relationship with their body and maybe mm -hmm. for some they already have a relationship in history um and for some it's just the beginning so yeah and I find too, yeah, with people that are, you know, really body centered or really body aware or subconscious or just conscientious of their body or what's going on, those people, it's a little easier to, to kind of get that out of them. But a lot of, you know, there are people absolutely who, you know, they just aren't in touch with that. They just aren't in touch. They're never asked that. They're never asked how they are, like genuinely. And so or them, like, like us, we yeah. were trained out of our body. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, no. A lot of athletes, a lot of athletes yeah. I find are trained out of their bodies. They're, yeah. they're trained that their body is only as good as far as they can push it. Yeah. And so in a way, sometimes that can create a bit of a disassociation from pain, from mm -hmm. what's really going on here. Mm -hmm. Why am I actually doing this? Mm -hmm. All absolutely. those things that we should be asking ourselves. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. And as an actor too, like actors, when they're always playing all these different people and they're not playing ever themselves too, like you, you know, it's like, after all that that had happened with my journey it's like i don't even know who i am anymore or what i like or what i don't or what turns me on because i'm always just trying to be somebody else so yeah absolutely 100 percent. and it is such a dual relationship it's so it's so reciprocal and that is you know 
that's the beauty of the work that we do. So if somebody wanted to work with you um, and they wanted to go through a series or uh, you, you offer different things. I know I, I, I peeked on your website and I saw there's like a structural series someone can do, an integration series. There's mm -hmm. maybe just a one-off. You can, if someone wants to just do a one-off kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, well, so COVID has been um, very, has been a, a, a blessing in disguise for my business. So yeah. um, right, right now I sort of typically book five to eight weeks out. Um, mm -hmm. Usually I see people for um, a consultation. So um, that is really, that's that's a two hour appointment and we go through all of their stuff and um, sort of see what they're coming in for and really what's the best approach. Um, but most people come to see me because they see the structural work that I do and they want to do that. Yeah. So yes, that is offered um, traditionally as the structural integration series. Yes. Um, I, I do, I am trained in cranial sacral work. I'm trained um, now in visceral work. Um, and so those are also services that I offer to clients. So if somebody wanted to come in and just do like a, a treatment, like a one-off and then maybe come back in a couple of weeks and not do the integration yeah. series, they could? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, they, I often see people in those cases for um, cranial work. Um, yeah. They do have a treatment in their initial consultation. And so usually that kind of gives people a sense of what this work is about. Mm -hmm. um, I also... Um, I, I actually have an upcoming program in January. It's in person um, if you were in Toronto. Um, and it's um, it's a program I've been teaching for about five, six years now. Um, and it's a, a course with that we use meditation as the platform um, to kind of go inward and um, do some just do some healing. And uh, it's it's we we learn about um, from a science perspective how cells exchange and process information, um, and um, there's really a lot of um, it, it, it. It's sort of the purpose of active meditation, where rather than for me, I, I have a hard time with anything passive. Really just sitting time. there and going, um, yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? So, it's so easy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so um, you know. I think a lot of people want to meditate and um, I think the challenge for many people that I hear is that it's hard to hold focus. Yeah. And the thing that I say to them is that just like anything else, whether, you know, you don't go to the gym for the first time and say, I'm going to squat 300 pounds. Right. Because yeah. Your muscles are atrophied. You haven't built the strength to do that. So just like that, your brain is a muscle and you have to build your muscle. You have to build yeah. your focus. Yeah. So in the course that I teach, we build in a type of architecture in the mind where we give uh, students purposeful activity that sort of keeps them engaged so that they can build their focus and essentially go inward and do some some exploring within and seeing what comes available and for me this work I credit to a big part of to my health um, I didn't realize I needed it but yeah. um, I think had I not stumbled upon that work just like everything else in my life I who knows who knows if I would be here, you know, with the, with the I health know, issues I that I had before. So, yeah, no, it's beautiful meditation. I'm, I'm in a season right now where I haven't, I, I, to be honest, I haven't been doing it and I notice a difference. I absolutely notice a difference between when I am meditating and when I'm not meditating and the difference is huge. Totally. So all for meditation, all for meditation. All right. I wanted to just end it with like, okay, so if anyone wants to book you or, or see you, mm -hmm. you live in Toronto, you're in the mm -hmm. East end to contact yeah. you through 
yeah, how do they contact you? There's a link in my bio. Um, and so you can book an appointment, you can get yourself on the wait list, you can um, find out more about the um, energetic healing and meditation program. Um, and my website is there. So it's all in the link in my bio. It's all in there. All, that info all link in bio. Yeah. And you love dogs. You have a little dog. <laughs> I do. We're actually babysitting, puppy sitting. Um, another little dog right now. So we've got, we've got uh, two little ones today. <laughs> I love little dogs. Love yes. little dogs. When yeah. I saw those pictures of the little dog and you're a body worker and you're into all this kind of same stuff that I was, I was like, that girl, that girl. <laughs> She's my woman. <laughs> She's my woman. I got to talk to her. <laughs> well, it was awesome. lovely to talk to you, Hillary. Oh, I said your last name, Boucher. Is that correct? Did I say That's that right? That's correct. That's correct. Yay. Nicely said. Okay, I wasn't Nicely sure. Said. I just wanted to make sure I said it right. Yeah, it was no, wonderful I've, to talk I've to you. A variety of a variety of, of ways of saying. Well, it's it, one of those names that you're just like, can I? Is it? It's got an accent. Do I say it like Boucher? You know? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just wanted to make sure. Um, yeah. it, Lovely to great. talk to you too. Thank I'm you so happy, happy we talked, and I can't wait to see what happens for you. I mean, you're already looked like you're so busy, and everything's going amazing, and you're married now, and what a wonderful, a wonderful journey you're on, and so inspiring for anyone who's watching and. Um, yeah. We will definitely. Likewise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we've had a similar path. I feel a similar path. Yes. Maybe yes. I'll see you on the road in a course. Yeah, that'd be great. Who knows? That'd be great. Maybe I'll come do your course, your meditation course. Who knows? I would love that. I'd love to have you. <laughs> All right. Well, All take right, care of yourself. Okay. Okay. Have a wonderful well. weekend. Okay. okay. You too. Bye. Bye.